Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad slash Christmas. I can't remember the name of it. The Save My Life. It's the the. What? She's not here today. Uh, Katie's Christmas Countdown. <laughs> but welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. So I'm your host Otis. And this episode's a little special, usually with Spooky Movie Squad episodes, scary movies. I usually have people on, but I'm tossing out an old school one back to my first year with the Halloween Screamathon, where I did an episode by myself. It's been a while, and I'm very excited about it. But Katie's feeling under the weather, so she has tasked me with doing a Christmas movie. And if you know me, I'm not the biggest fan of Christmas movies, but she took off the limiter on if it was a scary movie so i picked one that's not well i assumed wouldn't be that good and i could watch it and then if it you know i could tell everybody about it later but i went with a wrestling related scary movie so you know if you know me i enjoy scary movies wrestling and anime and comic books and bella she's sitting next to me but I'm very excited about this one. I'm pumped to talk about it. And at some point, we will re-review this with the group and probably a lot more people. Because, doggone it, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) So sit back and relax and enjoy my review of the 2005 Christmas slasher black comedy film, Santa's Slay. He's making a list. Pray you're not on it. It's actually pretty good. (laughs) Hit that music. Behind the curtain, a disconcerting nod. It's time to listen to the Spooky Movie Squad. <laughs> happy Spookies, everyone. Well, happy Christmas Spookies, actually. This is episode 265. Ooh, 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 ooh. Fun fact, if you know, if you're in the know, back when in college when I played in a basketball band, 265 was a number of one of our favorite songs, 25 or 6 to 4. It just worked like that. So anytime I hear that number, I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) So I don't know what number this is in Katie's pantheon of Christmas films. Uh, Whatever day this comes out on, that's the day. And so I sat down and tried to find a good one I can do by myself. And I think I found it with Santa's sleigh. Now, this one is a pretty crazy film just off of the cast, but it stars... One, Bill Goldberg is Santa Claus. Who's Bill Goldberg, Otis? I'm going to sit down and tell you about it, but he is, was, is a wrestler. He's been everywhere, uh, and he's, I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a big fan, but he was a hot commodity back in the day, and he's popped up a couple of times in recent times, and like I said, I'll get to him. I got things to talk about. <laughs> But we have Dave Thomas. He's been in tons of comedy things. I want to say he's part of SCTV, the Canadian, like, Saturday Night Live. I believe he was there with, like, Rick Moranis and John Candy, if I, if I remember right. And as a cameo, a 
five to ten minute cameo, we have James Kahn, Rebecca Gayhart. She was in Urban Legend. Remember the crazy chick? Chris Kattan. So you saying that live fame. Fran Drescher. She, she was in The Nanny and a ton of things. She's known for her crazy and annoying voice, but that's kind of her playing it up. Kind of Gil- Gilbert Godfrey with his voice. I didn't realize Fran Drescher is like awesome and funny and she's easy on the eyes. And then we have Tiny Lister Jr. So Debo from the Friday movies and a wrestler in his own right. He was Zeus. Or was he Hercules? No, he was Zeus. Ooh, I'm being trouble. Sorry, wrestling people. I want to say he was actually, his name was Zeus. Yeah. And then we have, so going back to Goldberg and why he is awesome in some senses. Like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of him. But Goldberg, he is a really cool story-wise wrestler. Back Back in the day, he was actually a professional football player. So usually with wrestlers or people that become really awesome at wrestling, they start out as football players because they're gigantic, beefy men. Stone Cold, he was a football player back in Texas. I think, what was it, Hazel? Hazel, Texas. The Rock, he he wrestled. (laughs) He played football in, I want to say, Miami back in the day in college. He didn't go to the pros. And Goldberg, he's another one. But there's tons of guys that did football for a while. And like Baron Corbin, he's a newer one. He did football for a little bit back when he had that weird stringy hair. So Goldberg is known for being super popular during the boom of the late 1990s and early 2000s. Now, wrestling, it had it has had its ebb and flow of popularity Way back in the day before kayfabe was broken, kayfabe meaning that everyone believed that The Undertaker was a dead person that was able to shoot lightning out of his hands, to now it's like, oh, okay, his name's Mark Calloway, and he lives in Texas. He's not a dead person. He has a child, you know? But before kayfabe, wrestlers were pretty fucking popular, you know? Like, Hulk Hogan, America's hero, he still was afterward, but... You know, he'd tell kids to say their prayers and eat their vitamins and shit, and everyone thought that he legit was able to body slam fucking Andre the Giant. He was the only one that can do it, because Andre the Giant was billed at, like, 500 pounds. Like, 500 pounds? Who can do that? Hulk Hogan can. So in the boom of the late 1990s to the 2000s, that was the time where Stone Cold Steve Austin became awesome. And so the wrestling characters went from... I'm a good guy, thumbs up, I'll never be bad, you know, to that, to Stone Cold Steve Austin habitually beating up his boss at work. <laughs> that was his mission, his life's goal every day of his life at work was to fuck over Vince McMahon. And this was the days where Vince wasn't, like, actually aiming to screw him over. Like, Stone Cold would just be walking, just walking in the back, and he's like, hey, who, whose Corvette is this? Like, oh, it's uh, Vince McMahon's Corvette. He drove it here. He's like, oh, cool. I'm gonna, I'll be back. And he rents, like, a cement truck and just pours cement into it and breaks it down. And then Vince is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. I, just, I don't like you. <laughs> so that time for wrestling was awesome. And that's when I got into wrestling. And you could do anything and it'd be fucking awesome. Fucking, there was a porn star wrestler. 
you know? I, I Val Venus was fucking awesome to me, but he was a porn star. Like, his music was all sex, and he had metaphors and puns about sex, and I thought he was awesome. There was a pimp wrestler, the Godfather. He came out with hoes, and he would barter with the other wrestler to have him keep a hoe, and he would just lose. So the Godfather had an awesome win record, if you go back and look at it. But that time for wrestling was fucking awesome. And so with WWF, you had The Undertaker and Stone Cold and The Rock. Those were the upper echelon. But in WCW, WCW, it was a little bit tougher because they didn't have that pop. They didn't have that one wrestler that was absolutely awesome. They had cool people like I like Jeff Jarrett a lot. He's kind of poop. But I love him. That's my boy. As uh, OSW review would, would say, you got to have your boy stable. But I don't think he actually can be in a boy stable because he's got the championship. But he's my boy. And then we have Diamond Dallas Page, probably the closest thing to the biggest pop kind of person. Oh, and Sting, you know, just a guy with a you know, white mask, colored face. And he just would appear and reappear. It was like the crow, honestly, but in wrestling form. But... Goldberg appeared, and he was regarded as one of the most powerful wrestlers. He was pretty fucking strong. The dude is super jacked. Even he's like around 55 right now, maybe 56. The dude is still yoked as fuck. Probably steroids. <laughs> but he was credited with inventing the spear. So, you know, the move that Roman Reigns uses all the time, and Edge uses all the time, and a lot of people actually. Christian uses it all the time. He was known as the first person to use the spear, and he popularized the fuck out of it. And I think he actually is the best at using the spear, because uh, he don't give a fuck. And I think that's kind of how you make moves look awesome. You just kind of have to not care about yourself. So he would, like, legit like, like lift and throw himself at you. So, I mean, well, he's a football player, so it looked awesome. So probably the coolest thing about him in WCW was he had the most ridiculous undefeated winning streaks from 97 to 98. It, it depends on who's counting and, you know, if you believe in kayfabe. <laughs> but the number is usually around 175 wins to zero. But technically, I'm putting my glasses on, technically, it's probably around 150, and he lost twice. But, like I said, it depends on... Who's counting? So what he used to do back in the day, he was a monster. And with monster wrestlers, he would be in squash matches left and right. A squash match is a match where you just poop on the other person. You kill him in like a minute or two. It's, it's not showing off both wrestlers. It's just showing this guy's awesome. Hey, check him out. He killed this guy in the ring. So he would squash people, absolutely squash them. And then little by little... They gave him more and more to do. Unfortunately, the fact that he became super popular super fast meant that his wrestling acumen was not there. So there were a couple of matches where they put him against legit people trying to see if he can actually wrestle more than a minute or two. And the matches were horrible. Like he went against my boy, William Regal. And Regal was like, this guy can't do shit in the ring. And he was trying to, like, make him look beautiful and do this stuff. It wasn't good. That's why I don't like Goldberg. 
because he's known as a notorious shitty wrestler because when you wrestle for two minutes all the time you can't really do anything once you get past that time marker and he's kind of known as a person that injured Bret Hart and kind of made him stop wrestling and that makes me mad so <laughs> but no he was a main eventer he was awesome awesome sauce but at Starcade, so the Wrestlemania for WCW he lost the title to Kevin Nash after 175, 165, whatever number, and his streak ends. So Scott Hall, dressed up as a security guard on the ringside, he came in and he gave Goldberg old the old zip zaps. He got a taser gun, like a cattle prod, and he zapped the ever-living shit out of Goldberg. And Goldberg went to the corner, and Scott Hall was like, take some of this, and he's like, Click, 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 and Goldberg's like, Wah! he just falls over, so he finally loses, and that was it, so he became champ, and that was awesome, but fans are fickle, and the second he lost, everybody was like, eh. you know, after that, no one really gave a shit, and then when he came back, he had moments where he was awesome, but it kind of started falling apart, so... He injured himself December 23rd, 1999 on an episode of Thunder. Jesus, I remember this. And he was chasing the NWO limousine because at this point they've been screwing with him for a very long time. And Bret Hart was evil, <laughs> which was really stupid. And he's supposed to punch out the windshields of the limousine with his hands. And so what they did was they taped his hands up, like his forearms, with black tape and they put like a metal pipe in his hand so he would be using the pipe to break open the limo windows that's that sounds easy so he punched out two of them with the pipe in his hand and then he i don't know got a big dick about the whole situation and started punching the windows without the pipe so i don't know if anybody has punched glass with their hand glass does not explode like in the movies glass breaks where you punch it and that's it so he punched one of the limo windows, and it seemed to go all right. He punched the next one, and his hand went in, and he pulled it out, and a shard of glass sliced an artery in his arm, and he began bleeding like a fucking stuck pig. He finished the, I don't know, vignette outside, beating up on the limo, and they fade to black, and boy howdy, the motherfucker almost died from blood loss, and the artery that got sliced... He almost lost his fucking arm because of it. So he was out for a very long time. So when he came back, Goldberg was just, eh, you know, once again. And so that was kind of the end of his run in WCW. And around 2003, he scooted off because he was wanting a lot of money. He was being paid around $3 million a year on his contract to be a wrestler. But he didn't wrestle that long. It's kind of like the Ultimate Warrior. He's like, I want all this money. But you wrestled for two minutes, Chief. <laughs> but what are you going to do? So he popped into WWF or WWE at that point. I can't remember. In 2003 to four, And he did the same thing. He just kept spearing people and taking them out and stuff. But he lost a lot more. Triple H beat him back in the day for his title. And then the big one happens. So 2004, the Royal Rumble, Goldberg 
started screwing over Brock Lesnar. This is a younger, good Brock Lesnar, I guess. So they fight, and at WrestleMania 20, March 14th, Stone Cold was a special guest referee. And this match was probably one of the worst matches you could ever have. Well, except for that one match in Saudi Arabia with Goldberg and Undertaker. That's probably the worst one. Yeah, that's a poop match. But Goldberg and Lesnar, they both were getting booed, which is weird because he's supposed to have a good guy and a bad guy. But everybody was like, this is ass, boo. And Stone Cold tried to like bring it back in. So at the end... I don't even know, uh, Goldberg won the match, but who gave a shit, because everybody booed, and then Brock Lesnar gets up, gives everybody the finger in the arena, then Stone Cold stuns him, probably the biggest pop ever that night, and then Goldberg and him celebrate, drinking beer, but then Stone Cold's like, oh yeah, I don't like anybody, and stuns him, and everybody cheers again, so at this point, Goldberg left the company, and Brock Lesnar left the company, and I think Brock Lesnar went to UFC and sat on people and beat up people, (laughs) so apologies for the history of Goldberg, but you have to know where he came from and why he was so awesome and why this movie, people were kind of pumped, kind of, but at this point, he was kind of annoying wrestling-wise, so it makes sense of why it made the money it did. So, for the uninitiated, Santa Slate is another film in the vein of Santa Claus acting different that we've done. This is probably the third or fourth one of this collection of Christmas movies. But in this one, we see a young boy, his grandpa, and his kind of girlfriend trying to stay alive against Santa Claus. And in this version, Santa Claus is actually the son of Satan. And there's a reason... <laughs> There's a whole reason why he's all murdery and stuff. So I thought that was actually pretty cool story-wise. And kind of like Krampus. He's like buff-ass Krampus in this movie. So I would say I would watch this with friends. You'll probably have a great time with it. I watched it by myself and I was was having a good time because I've watched shitty stuff by myself all the time. So I was like, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I, I would give it a shot. So we'll get through this movie really quick because... It is 78 minutes long. That's night. That's like counting the credits and stuff. It's like a legit like hour long movie. And it makes sense because I want to say this came out like VHS DVD, like made for TV kind of thing. Well, it's not made for TV. I'll tell you that. This is a rated R fucking movie. But it, it moved really quick. Makes sense. So we start this movie on Christmas Eve in Alberta, Alberta, Canada. With a family that means nothing to the story, just like a lot of horror movies, you have people die at the beginning, and they're like, who were their names? Like, who were they? And they're like, it doesn't matter. They're just people that get killed. And so we have this family, and they are rich assholes. And Chris Kattan, he is like, I think the daughter's husband, and he's hitting on Fran Drescher, but she's looking great. And James Conn is the dad, and Fran Drescher's the mom. And... The turkey looks like shit, and James Conn's mad about that. And then, coming down the chimney, here comes Santa Claus. And everyone's confused, and Fran Drescher's like, Santa Claus? He's like, that's right, Virginia. <laughs> Goldberg, that's Goldberg's wrestling voice. He's like, yes, that's right. Who's next? Ah! And the dog comes up to Santa Claus, 
and it's a Pomeranian. He drop kicks the shit out of this Pomeranian, flies into the fan, spins around and flies back at him. And he moves his head and hits the wall. That, that dog's dead. And then the Christmas music starts and he starts murdering everybody. He rolls up the James Conn, stabs his hands into the table with two knives. He just picked up, I guess, in the danger role, he picked up knives. Fran Drescher, he drinks some booze and gets a lighter, sprays fire in her face. And so her face starts to melt. Chris Catan gets drop kicked into a fucking armoire, so he's gone from the equation. One daughter, like, I guess dies of fright? She looks at him and just blacks out. The other girl, she gets, I think, stabbed up or something? Yeah, she gets stabbed up. And Fran Drescher, she gets back up, she's all melted, and then he puts her face into the eggnog and starts drowning her. And... Oh, yeah, he used the Christmas tree shuriken to kill Chris Kattan. He was trying to get away, or one of the daughters. It, it, it doesn't matter. Everybody dies. And then James Conn, he stuffs a turkey leg in his mouth and then slams his head on the table. At this point in the movie, I was like, holy shit, this movie's going to be great. <laughs> and it was pretty graphic. They showed stuff, but it was quick, you know? I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this, man. And the credits hit, and that that is it, so... Uh, we move on. So, Nicholas Yulson, what a name. He's living with his crazy grandpa that's an inventor. And his grandpa really doesn't like Christmas. But he doesn't tell Nick why. He's just like, fuck Christmas. He doesn't say fuck Christmas. But <laughs> in his heart, he's probably like, fuck Christmas. And so his family, I don't know where the parents are. I guess they're dead. I don't fucking know. I'm thinking about it right now. The parents weren't in the movie. I don't know. But... We see that Nicholas, he doesn't celebrate Christmas, but his co-worker slash almost girlfriend, Mac? Yes, her name is Mac. So, she loves Christmas and her family. They are hunters, so she's all about guns and stuff. She's trying to pump up his happiness meter because he's just like, eh. But they work at the local delicatessen and their boss, Mr. Green... You know, he's Jewish, so he's got a menorah up and stuff like that. But he tells him, hey, head home, y'all. Don't worry about it. I can clean up. So it's Christmas Eve. Get out of here, crazy kids. Go go make out of something. While this is happening, Santa, he arrives in town. Well, the town is Hell Township. The town called Hell is crazy to me. But he scoots up with his Hell Reindeer. It, it's a buffalo. It's a buffalo that guides his sleigh. Just one, too. But he's scooting down the street, and this crazy old lady that just, like, yelled at everybody in a delicatessen, just saying mean stuff. She's on the street driving like an old person, the typical old person, like, swerving left and right. So Goldberg just slams into her, and her car flips into the sky and crashes and catches on fire. Oh, no. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, Santa has killed, at this point, shitty people. So I'm like, okay, I'm still cool with Santa in this movie. <laughs> so at this point in the movie, it's a jump cuts of Santa murdering people in town, indiscriminately too. Uh, some people he's fine with. People walk by, he doesn't give a shit. But still at this point, it's just bad people because he's standing at the corner ringing a bell for charity money, you know? And this dude comes up with a knife and puts it up to Santa Santa's throat. And he's like, hey, what you got in a bag? And Santa's like, cool, I get to kill somebody else. 
and flips him over, pulls out a candy cane out of his mouth, and it's like a knife, and stabs him in the guy in the eye and kills him. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's just killing bad people. I don't give a fuck, you know? <laughs> I really didn't care. I was just like smiling. I was like, get him, Santa. And that is put against the fact that Mac and Nick are learning from, well, Nick's grandpa, that there's something about Christmas and something about Santa Claus that he really doesn't like. So we learn that he has a book, the Book of Claus, Klaus, that reveals the origins of Santa Claus. And so Santa, well, just like Jesus, he was born, it was a born of a virgin birth produced by a force stronger than anything here, you know. Our God is an awesome God. And Santa Claus was the opposite. Well, opposite in the fact that it was a virgin birth, but he was born from Satan. So that's why his name is Santa, and that's the running joke all the time. It's like, Santa, is you've mixed the words around, it's Satan. Something with it. And Christmas back in the day was the day of slaying. So sleigh bells and all that stuff, so... They're just setting up everything like this. And so back in the day in 1005 AD, an angel defeated him in a curling match. You can't make this shit up, guys. And the deal was that he had to deliver presents on Christmas and be a good fucking what spirit, whatever Santa Claus is. I don't know what he is. He's half demon, half human, I guess. 4,000 years. And then Nicholas does the, oh shit, a thousand years? That's this year. Oh no. You know? And the grandpa's like, yeah, that's why I hide in this bunker and I'm making weapons because fuck Santa Claus and he's probably going to whip our ass. So <laughs> at this point, Santa Claus, he makes it to the local strip club and he goes in and they show a lot of boobs in this movie, you know? And the pastor of the town, he's there, and he's a piece of shit. So he takes all the money from the the uh, donation plate, and he gives it to the local strippers. So in a way, he's helping them out. Because who dances on Christmas Eve? You know? Like, if I was a stripper, I wouldn't want to dance on Christmas Eve, because everybody's at home. I guess there could be a, probably a couple of truckers in the strip club. But you're probably not making a ton of money on Christmas Eve. That's really weird. And there were like ten women in there. It was like... Like, not even, like, short staff. There was a fuck ton of ladies in there. Whatever. So, you know, Pastor Timmons, he's in there just getting all the attention because he's the only person with money in there. And Santa Claus comes in, and he grabs a chick and just kisses her, and he points it up to the mistletoe, and she's like, ugh, I guess, and leaves. And then Santa starts swinging on the security, and he beats the shit out of people. Like I said, he's still killing people. At this point, he's killing people that probably didn't deserve it because they were just security they were doing a job and he just came in and just like manhandled one of the, the strippers so yeah security would probably tell him to leave but he starts whipping people's ass and electrocuting them and as he leaves all the strippers are like looking at him from around the corner and then he grabs a lump of coal out of his pocket breathes on it it catches fire and he throws it down and he tells them you're all naughty and i was like yeah man it's strippers <laughs> they're probably a little bit naughty there's probably a good person in there somewhere but yeah they're habitually naughty people you know but the whole place catches on fire and i assume they all died the next morning pastor timmons he's saying like you know 
that place was debaucherous and bad, but we should we should remember all the strippers there and their names are like, you know, Candy and Monique, you know, just stripper names and stuff like that. So at this point, uh, Santa is just making a, a weird Christmas tree shaped beeline towards something. And the cops, they're confused about where he's going to strike next. They put a mark on it. It's like, hey, it's like the star on the tree, but they don't say what the star is. I assume it was the police station because Santa comes there next. But the delicatessen owner, Mr. Green, he was just chilling. Wasn't doing anything. He didn't say fuck Christmas or nothing. He's just cleaning up his place on Christmas Day. Santa comes beating on the door. And it makes sense because Goldberg, he's a Jewish He's Jewish, so he would go to the delicatessen. But I don't know why he went there to kill him. But he comes in, and Mr. Green's like, Bro, I'm closed. Get the fuck out of here. And Goldberg just like drop kicks the door open, and he's like, You're open now. <laughs> and Mr. Green tries his best to fight him off. And he pulls out like a, like a what, Star of David, and he shines it on him. And it seems like it kind of bothers him for a second, but then he just lifts him up, grabs the menorah, and slams it into his like throat to hold him up against the wall like Halloween and starts eating food in the delicatessen and then he just leaves. Then he passes by some Hasidic rabbis just chilling in town and he just looks at them and he growls and just walks off. So he leaves people alone, you know. So Nick, he finds his boss, Mr. Green, dying and Mr. Green's like, it was Santa Claus and then dies. (laughs) The cops take him in for questioning because he's just in a place with a dead body. But, and then they take up the rabbis, too, because they saw a guy in a Santa Claus outfit right before all of this happened. So, he tells the the cops, the captain, he tells everybody at the police station, hey, it's Santa Claus, this guy's insane, and he's probably not human. And they're like, you don't know anything, child. He, Get out of here, you crazy kid. I wasted my time. But they grabbed him. He didn't want to go to the police. So, I don't understand that, but he leaves. And at that point, you see a cop walk in with a Christmas present, and it's ticking. And he's like, oh, that's a weird sound. I'm going to get even deeper into the police station. And then we see Santa Claus. He comes in, and he beats on the captain's door, and the captain opens it. And Santa Claus grabs a taser, gives that man the zip-zaps in his balls, lifts him up, zaps the shit out of him, kills him. And then we pan into the outside of the office. All the police officers are dead in some way. And the guy with the present, he like exploded. So <laughs> the kids are pulled over by the by a police officer. And they're like, oh, man. And Nick, Nick and Mac, they look back and it's Santa. And he's just walking with a baton in his hand. They're like, just drive. Santa catches up to the car as he's driving away. And. Nick uses a shotgun and shoots him, and he falls out of the back and instantly gets back up. And he's like, that tickled, bitch. <laughs> so they make it to Mr. Yulson or Grandpa, Grandpa's bunker. And Grandpa's like, did you get followed here? And they're like, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he he kind of saw us, and he kind of chased us for a bit, but we drove off. We're good, maybe. No, Santa's on his way. And so Santa breaks into the house, and they're in the bunker, and he's like, walking toward him because he knows where they are and so they use a secret compartment and sneak outside and grandpa's got two small snowmobiles and he's like okay we're gonna get on these snowmobiles 
and we're just going to outdrive him and just run until 7 o'clock because technically 7 o'clock is the end of Christmas in Greenwich Mean Time. So we just got to stay alive till 7. And so we probably have like three hours left. So Mac, or Mary, Mary Mac is her nickname, but Mary, she is trying to turn on the snowmobile and she can't get it going. So Grandpa buys them time. He's talking to Santa and he's like, I finally found you, Yulson. Now you're, you're going to die. You know, Santa Claus, that's his voice. And <laughs> Grandpa gets run over by a reindeer. It's a Christmas song for the, <laughs> for the people that don't know. It's, it's a pretty funny Christmas song. It's Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. And yeah, but Grandpa gets ran over by the buffalo reindeer thing and it smushes him up pretty good. And Santa Claus actually says the line out loud, you know, like, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> and the kids hop on one snowmobile and scoot away. And Santa starts chasing them off. So Santa's in the air in his sleigh. And he's throwing down presents, but the presents are just straight up bombs. And so they got a chase scene going and they're going into the trees and the trees are blocking the bombs and all that kind of shit. And so finally, they make it back into like the town proper. I guess it's like old hell town township and they're telling people like, get the fuck out of here. Santa's coming. And they're like, what did that kid say? And then Santa flies in and it's funny for a town that's so big on Christmas. They see something flying in the air. They instantly start screaming and running away. I guess I'd leave too. If someone's like, holy shit, Santa's coming. Get the fuck out of here. They're like, oh, that's a weird sentence to say. And then Santa Claus comes flying in. I'm like, oh, holy shit. He's real. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably get off the street. Yeah, I'd get off the street. So, the pastor, he gets snatched up by Santa Claus and knocked out. And the kids make it to the school. And they break into the school and they're like, we have an hour left. We just got to stay ahead of, ahead of him. We got this. And Santa comes into the school. He takes his jacket off at this point, show off his muscles. And he's got like, like a glow-in-the-dark candy cane as a flashlight, and he's looking for the kids. And the kids end up on the ice. <laughs> What's a Santa Claus to do when his kid's on the ice? <laughs> and he hops into a Zamboni, the biggest fucking Zamboni I've ever seen in my life. And he's trying to run these kids over. It's one of my seven words, so I'm not going to say it. But Nick tries to, like, shine a light in his eyes, and Santa, like, gets pissed off. It, like, bothers him, but he's like... What the fuck are you doing, man? I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> and the kids are about to get ran over. And then the Zamboni stops. They're saved by Grandpa. Hooray! Grandpa's dead, but he's wearing all white. Surprise, surprise. Grandpa was the original angel that stopped Santa back in the day, a thousand years ago. And so apparently he gave his powers up to be with Nick's grandma. And then he was just waiting. He's like, Santa's going to come back in a thousand years. I need to be here to, it's weird. He didn't say he wanted to fight Santa. He just wanted to stay alive, but he knew that Santa would look for him. And apparently at some point, Nick as a kid sent Santa a letter saying, Hey, my name is Nick Yulson and my grandpa doesn't like Christmas, but could I get an easy bake oven? Thank you. Here's my address. So Santa's like, I knew where you were, Yulson. I was just waiting. 
<laughs> so grandpa's like, leave, leave the kids out of this. You want me? And he's like, yeah, you're right. So they do a round two, a replay of the curling incident of the first time. And so grandpa goes first this time instead of Santa. And grandpa slides the, I don't know the name of the curling instrument, but he slides it right up to the edge of this hole. And so it's a perfect roll. And so Santa's got to get it just right. Santa says, fuck this noise and grabs grandpa and throws him into the hole, which is connected to hell. So grandpa's in hell. And I'm like, oh man, that's, that's so easy. (laughs) And Santa Claus starts walking towards the kids and he's like, I don't give a fuck about the rules. I'm in charge now. Ha! And so Santa Claus starts walking at him and Nick grabs out a nutcracker that his grandpa invented and he shoots it at Santa. It shoots off chestnuts, but they move at high speed. So Santa Claus breathes fire at the kids and the chestnut cuts through the fire and hits Santa Claus in his chest and Santa Claus goes down and they're like, oh shit. So chestnuts are apparently stronger than fire because of the song. I don't know. y'all. I don't, I don't know. So they see that grandpa, he's hanging in the hole to hell. He didn't fall in all the way. So he's like, help me please. (laughs) So they grab grandpa out and then we see that Christmas is over and his powers are gone. So Santa Claus scoots off in the Zamboni and just breaks a hole in the wall. And he's like, see ya. And so Grandpa's like, you know, before I was just kind of de- ready to defend myself. But fuck this noise. Let's go kill Santa because he's weak. This is our chance to kill him. But Grandpa can't leave because he's technically an angel again. So he gets called back up to heaven. And Grandpa says, I will be with you always. But I got stuff to do. He's been gone for a thousand years. So, I don't know. God's probably want to talk to him or Jesus. I don't know. I don't know rules for angels. So, Mac and Mary, or Nick and Mac. Their names are too close. It's stupid. So, I'm going to say Nick and Mary. They realize that Santa Claus don't got no powers. And he's probably trying to leave. Let's go kill his ass. And so, they scoot over to Mary or Mac, her dad and her family. And they're all hunters. And they're like, hey, sooner or later, there's going to be a buffalo that flies by. You want, you guys want to be the first one to kill a flying buffalo? And they're like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. So he does the whistle that Santa Claus did earlier. And the buffalo appears and it's flying by. He's like, hey, Santa must be close, I guess, maybe. And the hunters start shooting at the buffalo. And then you see a missile fly out. And Mac's dad, her dad... Shoots a bazooka at the buffalo and absolutely destroys it. And so we see that Pastor Timmons was dressed up in a Santa Claus outfit and he was impaled on the flagpole. And so the town believes that the pastor was the killer in this like ghastly, just maniac filled mayhem over Christmas Eve and day. So they're like, hey, open shut case. You know, he's on the sleigh. Apparently he learned to fly question mark we did it and mary mary and nick they don't tell anybody that this isn't true because that it's just gonna make them scared so they're like eh it's all right we'll take care of this ourselves i don't know how but we meet up with santa claus he's getting on a plane from winnipeg to the north pole he's trying to get the fuck out of there (laughs) and he goes by mr 
was it Chatain? And is actually a hockey player back in the day. He is Slovakian. And he played like 15 season as seasons in the NF, NFL, Jesus, the NHL. And so they're like, oh, like the, the hockey player. And he's like, looks at the stewardess like, what? <laughs> and he sits down. And Nicholas knows that sooner or later Santa's going to come back. And so he's ready to finish what his grandfather started. And then him and Mac share a kiss. So finally, hooray, they're, they're together. During the credits, we see Santa looking over his naughty list, and he looks at the camera and says, Who's next? That was Goldberg's saying back in the day when he just would squash a shitty wrestler. He would, Who's next? So, and that is Santa's sleigh. It's a fun one. I would say give it a watch Christmas-wise. It's pretty good, you know? It's pretty good. So, my favorite character in this movie was fucking Santa Claus. Why would it not be? I enjoy a good killer that throws out a moderate amount of puns. I don't need too many puns, but just it's just on a fucking mission, man. He was just tearing through that town. Later we find out that he's looking for the grandpa cuz he wants to whip his ass. So I was like, "Okay, okay." But Goldberg was really good at being a villain, and I liked it a lot. At this point he was in what was it? Universal Soldier 2: The Return, I think that's the name of it, and he was a a soldier, one of the Universal Soldiers. And he spears the fuck out of a guy. And I remember me and Steve were watching it. We were in college and we were watching this movie together. Uh, we were on the phone watching it. And he spears the guy and we both scream, Spear! You know? But this is probably his like second or third movie. He did pretty damn good, actually. I wouldn't mind another Santa Slay. If they wanted to do it, it's old as fuck. But, you know, do it. My least favorite character in this movie was the fact that the gore, it slowed down exponentially in the third act and it makes sense in a lot of scary movies you think about nightmare on elm street the first second acts you know we had chicks hanging from the fucking roof of a room getting sliced up by an invisible person that's legit but towards the end the movie turned into like home alone you know freddy's getting hit by sledgehammers and catching on fire so it, it makes sense that you can't just keep up the madness with the kills in the third act but this movie suffered a lot in my eyes because, it, sure, he was joking the whole time and killing, but toward the end, it was just him joking. And I was just like, ah, I wouldn't mind if he killed some more people in between. But it makes sense when he got to the high school and he was chasing the kids. That's it. That, that's the movie, you know? So, eh. So, seven word synopsis. I have two of them. So, the line that I was going to say earlier, when when Nicholas was shining a light in his eyes to blind him on the Zamboni, he says, I am Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula. <laughs> it made me laugh. And I was like, yeah, why was he shining a light in his eyes? That was fucking weird. And then my next one is, not a bad movie. Damn you, Goldberg. <laughs> like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy. He, I don't know. Yeah. But acting wise, he's pretty legit. You're pretty legit, Goldberg. Wrestling-wise, not my cup of tea, bud. So, minority kill count, I'm going to say zero, because I don't even think there was a black person in this movie. And there were more Jewish people than actually not Jewish people in this movie. The family at the beginning of the movie, I forgot to bring up this fun fact, the family at the beginning of the movie with Fran Drescher and Chris Kattan was majority 
Jewish, and that was like like the joke. They're like celebrating Christmas, and then a Jewish Santa Claus comes in and kills them all. Like it, it, <laughs> it was just you know tongue and cheek kind of stuff. But there wasn't anybody in the movie. Debo was a gas station attendant in it, but he didn't die. He stayed on the outskirts of town like a smart person would. So, actually, minority is the buffalo. <laughs> There's not that many buffalo alive in this world. And they sure did shoot one with a bazooka. So the new number is 277 and a Tito Turtle in a house full of vampires. And a crazy old crackpot that made a nutcracker gun. That's pretty legit, and no one's going to, like, look away from it. So this film came out December 20th, 2005. Fuck a duck, it's old. Shit, man. But... I couldn't find a budget because I believe this film was a made-for-TV, not made-for-TV, made-for-DVD, VHS at that point film. So I couldn't buy, find a budget, but the box office, the numbers I found on IMDb, was 6982 I don't know what that is. I guess it's DVD sales. But what the fuck? How much were they selling it for? And that's like not even a lot of people that bought it. Those numbers are weird, so I heard about this movie, you know, and Goldberg, when he was on wrestling shows in WWE or F at that point, he had a shirt that said Santa Slay, and he was, you know, talking it up, but, you know, everybody was like, oh, here comes Goldberg, he's in a Christmas movie, he's gonna be Santa Claus, you know, and that was kind of it, I didn't hear anything else about it, and I didn't watch it, I didn't really care about Goldberg at that point, so I was like, I don't give a fuck about you, so, uh, you know, but, yeah, it, it did all right, like I said, there are reviews that are like, this movie's booty, you know, it's not booty, it's not butt cheeks, but it's, it's all right, you know, I like it, it slowed down at the end, but could have been worse, I'll tell you fucking that, so, um, I don't have anything else to say about Santa's sleigh, give it a shot, it's fun, it's fun. So, with that, that is the end of this episode. So, this is episode 265 in the books, in the pocket, at the site. So, I think at this point, we are past the halfway point in Katie's uh, Christmas movie countdown. So, she's got some pretty good ones coming up. At some point, we're going to watch another Christmas movie with Santa Claus being different. And that's fucking Violent Night. We're watching that at some point. I'm very excited about that movie. So... I'm pumped about the set list. I've seen a couple that are coming up. Uh, hopefully we do the Reno 911 holiday heist. I'm very excited about that too. So, uh, if you have any other cool fun facts about Santa Claus or Goldberg, I guess you can send it to me. But you can tweet us at AllentownPod. We have an email at AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook. I don't really much on it, but that's AllentownPresents. So, the music you listen to right now that is flipping the mind effort flipping the cea where you can find them studio feeds us thank you so much for the artwork so like i said thank you for listening we have at least one more scary thing i'm very pumped about this one so we got one more and yeah then we'll be done with this year and then probably take a break in january and then get back to it so Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Christmas film. Okay, bye, guys. Hey, look at me. I'm Goldberg. I'm going to kick you in the head and make you concuss to not wrestle again. Ah!